For 12 weeks, we have a speaker sharing their experience, strength, and hope of the AA 12 Steps. Our speaker for this series is Mike Chase. Can we get a warm welcome? Good evening, everybody. I'm a recovery alcoholic, Mike Chase, and it's, it's an honor to be here tonight and to uh, segue into the fifth step of Alcoholics Anonymous. The past four weeks, we've had the opportunity to review the first step, which is we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. And through the reading the book, conversation with my sponsees, my, I guess with me, with my sponsor, too, uh, leading and reading into the doctor's opinion, finding out you know exactly what it is to be an alcoholic. I I was given this insight into what it was to be a real alcoholic when I started using the book to get me connected to God. Um, I had previously been gotten recovered with a white light experience, you know, back in 1984, and uh, was able to sneak my way into Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, without having to actually do any step work. But, you know, back in the 80s was a different time. We was a lot of just 12 and 12 stuff and a lot of uh, conversation and a lot of... Um, there wasn't much talk for in the circles that I ran for big book recovery. So I, I, I who was this guy who thought um, that I had gotten sober in the Hazleton community, which was like really high end. And I'm like, you guys got to get sober in AA. I was just sort of like... So I never really jumped into the program of... Recovery found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I had a lot of pseudo big book recovery, pseudo AA, and and I, and I had some some struggles. You know, and after a while, I, I drank, and because life in AA became miserable because I had started to let the lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating get back to me, into my life. So in this day and age, you know, with the gift of having a sponsor to pull me aside one day after a meeting where I'm having a hissy fit in 2000 and and six and say, listen, I'll, I'll bring you to the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm like, no, not the book. And he's like, yeah, the book. And I had just had this hissy fit in the meeting. And, you know, so I, you guys am not staying sober. You're telling me not to drink between meetings. And guess what? I'm drinking between meetings and this stuff isn't working for me. This middle of the road solution, the stuff that we're starting to sell in Alcoholics Anonymous. So we've been selling it for a while now, unfortunately, the un- the, the solution for non-alcoholics that has pervaded and started to fill the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, the, the meeting makers make it, the 90 and 90, the service commitment, all that stuff and good natured in good natured in conjunction with step work and big book one stuff is fantastic. But that in itself is, is, is killing us left and right. And it's also allowing you know, a bunch of non-alcoholics to hang out and stay in the rooms and, and think that they are alcoholics when chances are they're not because they haven't really done the work and they haven't done anything. So we're sort of like getting this opportunity for me to like see this first step and realizing that I'm doomed. You know, it's not that I shouldn't drink. It's like I'm going to drink no matter what. And by having this relationship with the sponsor who's taking time, you know, it talks about um, intensive work with another alcoholic. This guy was giving me intensive work. He didn't tell me to go home and write 500 times. I never want to drink again, you know, or to go home and write out my drug history. Or I love this one. Go out and write a goodbye letter to all your brands of alcohol, you know, and or write a letter to God and burn it in a bottle and stuff. This, this stuff wasn't, this was, this was me and him talking through the doctor's opinion, pointing out phenomenon of craving, mental obsession, spiritual malady, all these things that are mildly, excessively important for us, you know, to, to, to take on. 
So I've, I've got this first step and I've got the second step kicking in, which is just working with another person. I believe he believes. Guess what? Eventually I'm going to develop having faith. And then we had that third step prayer, you know, leading up to the third step prayer. We read the forward. We read, excuse me, we read the original doctors or read the original how it works. You know, the way it originally was supposed to be read from what, you know, Bill said God had him write it. So we read that and things like you must find him now and a bunch of use and musts. And basically, if I don't change the way I'm going, which is to have a godless life, a life run on self-will, a life of character defects, shortcomings, sin, just running my life, which is what is blocking me from God. Guess what? Boom. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink myself to death. So I'm, I'm I've given this opportunity through this third step prayer to like look at what my life is going to be like. And, and the promise of the third step prayer is just, as we, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. That's the promise of what it is to do a third step prayer, you know. And the cool thing about the third step prayer, leading up to that, he's just peppering me with all types of information about what I'm going to be covering in my four step. The six and seven stuff, you know. The character defects. The first requirement that we be convinced that a life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Well, what does self-will look like? I'm just sort of like not really 100% sure of what that really looks like. So I've got this, he starts talking about, you know, the actor and life self-propulsion. What's self-propulsion? Making everything happen the way I want. I was never satisfied with what I want. I always wanted something different that was in front of me, so I learned to manipulate, lie, and cheat. And it, it wasn't like just one day I just became this utter train wreck of, of character defects, little bit along the way, learn to steal, cheat, manipulate, a little bit here and there as I'm growing up, right? But it's happening so slowly and it's happening so without even me noticing it that it just eventually becomes my day-to-day way of behavior. I didn't even, you know, I cannot open up my mouth without lying. I cannot do something without manipulating, you know? I started out this wonderful relationship with God. I had this loving family that brought me to God, that brought me through Christianity, that, that just... And then, you know, the stuff I did and looking at some of the things I heard in church and stuff just sort of caused me to just slowly one day just walk away from God. Nothing dramatic. It wasn't like, you know, throw the finger to the sky and I'm never talking. just, I just stopped having faith. And I started becoming more concerned of what I can do and how, what I can do to make things happen. And by reading the stuff on page 61, the actor may be sometimes quite virtuous. I may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. Or, on the other hand, I may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, I'm more likely to have varied traits. I did what I needed to do to get what I needed to get when I needed to do that. And what usually happened, the show didn't come off very well. I began to think life doesn't treat me right. I decided to exert myself more. I became on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious. And this is stuff that's happening without me even knowing it. See, that's the cool thing about this process I'm going through. I'm reading this stuff and I'm relating to it. I'm going like, this is stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. You know, this is stuff that I'm going to be able to learn from eventually. Um, Still, the plate does not suit me. Admitting I may be somewhat at fault, 
I'm sure that other people are more to blame. I become angry, indignant, and self-pitying. Now we're studying how these resentments are starting to work into my life. I've tried to help people you know, without them wanting it or trying to get them to do things without them wanting to do it. And next thing you know, I'm stepping on their toes. I'm lying. I'm cheating. And they get caught. You know, friends are talking to each other. They've got different entire stories of what I'm doing. It's like, this is what I'm saying now. They're like, dude, he's a liar. He's a nut. He's crazy. I'm just, I'm just trying to get by. I just want to feel comfortable. I've got this incredible large hole inside me that I chased God away, I thought, but actually I did was block him with all this sin, you know, not trying my darndest, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, shame, guilt, and remorse, all those things that just blocked me from God. What was my basic trouble? I was not a self-seeker, even trying to be kind. I was a victim of the delusion that I can rest satisfaction and happiness if the only world manages well. If I thought I could control everybody in every situation, then I would be happy. And guess what? It turned out it was the opposite. So I'm learning this stuff before I'm even to the third step prayer that I've got to stop doing that stuff. The only problem is, guess what? I'm human and that is not going to be possible for me. This is hardwired into me. This stuff is just like a like a, a vine going around through a tree and it's just it's just you rip out and it's just everywhere, you know? I need the power of God to completely come in and do that. And so I'm getting prepped for this fourth step. You know, I do my third step prayer on my knees. I am serious. I'm turning my life over to the care of God. Not some process. No. The book says God. We've, we've dealt with the God problem. We've dealt with the God problem. We talked about it in the doctor's opinion. We talked about it in Bill's story. Did a magnificent job of dealing with God issues in Bill's story. Found in the solution that it is a God solution. It's nothing else. It's not other things. And we have more about alcoholism. And then we got this amazing we agnostics, which hopefully will take anyone's problems they have with God and just lay them on the table and allow you to start from scratch. The concept I had for God when I was 24, actually, the concept I had when I came back in here at 40-something, I don't remember what it was, was pretty lame, was pretty outdated, and really had nothing to do with what I was doing with God at the time. So I, I continued to uh, want to seek and, and I knew that when I did the third step prayer, I had to turn myself over to that care of God. And I didn't really understand what the God thing was. It was just something better. It was love and no opposite. It was, it was light and no dark and right and no wrong. Peace, not restless. Love and not hate. You know, all those things that had snuck into my life and, um, I decided I need to get, but I didn't know how that was showing up in my life. And we talked about the four step. You know, we got the, the resentments, the, the, the fears and the sex and the harms and these things. And we're, we figured out how to go through them. I had a sponsor that read the book for me and we read the entire how it works. And then he showed me how the, 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 the inventories laid out, how the, how the columns and how Bill was like this businessman. And this is just supposed to be this fact finding, not some emotional roller coaster past. It's not my life story. It's just my character defects laid out and it's perfectly, I write my resentments, you know, who am I resentful that? And when I'm done with that, I went and resorted what they did. And then the things that they, that they were threatening, you know, it's like if somebody hasn't threatened something, I mean, there's no way I can have a resentment against them. You know, did they, did they, here's the things that they could threaten, right? My self-esteem, my pride, my emotional security, my pocketbook, my ambitions, my personal relations and sex relations. Those were the things that have to be attacked in order for me to have my little nails come out and get all, you know, the cat attack. 
if those things weren't being attacked, guess what? It was just an annoyance. But where? Do, then we got the next fourth column, which is actually a two-part, five-column type thing. Where was I to blame? Where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened and inconsiderate? I like to start in the last column first. What was the exact nature of my wrong? What did I do to get these people mad at me? What did I do to, you know, how did I lie, cheat, steal, manipulate in the first place, right? How was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened and inconsiderate that caused harm to other people that caused them to retaliate towards me? So I got this great inventory and the guys walked, walked me through it. I knew what I'm doing, you know. And we got the fears inventory, which was just amazing, you know. What am I afraid of? Lots of things. Oh, my God, I've got more God in me because I just finished my, my, my resentments. Guess what? Those have sort of been dealt with in a four-step packet. And now I've got a little bit more God in me and I can be honest at the fears. What am I afraid of? Why do I have this fear? Which part of self have I been relying on which has failed me? Self-reliance, self-confidence, self-discipline, or self-will? Well, if you... What's the opposite of that? God-reliance, God-confidence, God-discipline, God's will. Wow, those are the things I'd stopped implementing in my life a long time ago. What part of self does this fear affect? These are the things, if they don't affect anything, I'm not going to bother. But look what they're affecting. My self-esteem, pride, emotional security, pocketbook, ambitions, personal relations, sex relations. Get onto the sex inventory, right? Where had I done we ask ourselves what we did. What was the exact nature of my wrongs? Was this, was this sexual relation act selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate, self-seeking? Was this relationship selfish? Checked off just a couple of them, not them all. None of these chaps, we check them all if we just pick out the one or two. Did I unjustifiably arouse in jealousy, bitterness, and suspicion? Who did I harm? Who else was also damaged in this firestorm of sexuality that I had, you know? Wow. And then the final column, what should I have done instead? Change is happening and we don't even know it, right? And we go into the harms inventory. You know, there's some cool things here. You know, what's character? Moral vigor or firmness, especially acquired through self-discipline. Well, that's not me up until recently. Defect, lack of something necessary for completeness, flaw, weakness, fault, same as shortcoming. Dishonest, the act of practicing or telling a lie or of cheating, deceiving, stealing. Exact, precise and detailed fault something done wrongly on error or mistake a painful emotion marked by an alarm anxiety that's a fear you know fault something we done wrong fear painful emotional marked by alarm dread anxiety agitation uneasiness apprehension there's a difference between fear and concern by the way i learned that in my last fifth step Frightened, a temporary continual state of fear, anxious, inconsiderate, without thought or considerate of others. Nature, the essence, character of a thing. Self-centered, occupying the concerned only once for fear, self as selfish. Self-seeking, a person who seeks only mainly to further his own interests. Selfish, too much concerned with one's own welfare or interest and having little or concern of others. Yeah, that, that was me, and I bet you anybody else would just raise your hands on that one, right? Shortcoming, falling short of what is expected or required. Same as a defect. Bill uses different words to mean the same thing. And wrong, immoral, improper, not suitable or appropriate, you know? So I've got this four-step pack, and I've got this opportunity. So I'm sitting down with this guy, and it's like, oh, 
I'm a little nervous, but I've had this relationship with this guy. So he knows 90% about what's going to come here anyways. You know, and that one little thing I was hiding. So we sit down and we get to his house and we get comfortable. We're smoking some cigarettes. We're sitting outside. You know, he's got some coffee. We're, we're, we're just you know, shooting the breeze a little bit. And then we get into some meditation. And then we get into the prayer and we do this really cool prayer. And we come out and we just go to page one of my resentments. And instead of going down each column, we went across you know, we just started across and went from one side to the other, you know. Who am I resentful for? The cause. And these are just short little things he told me. Like, he's a little sneaker. He told me to write short little things. And I wrote short little things. And he thought, and I was thinking I could tell him in depth what it was. Guess what? Not able to. Because that would be the mind and the ego of learning to dramatize. He kept to me to everything that I wrote here, you know. What part of self was hurt? He had me check off too because if I checked off everything, what good is doing an actual inventory? We can grandfather everything up. So I'm going through this. I'm reading this and I'm, I'm starting to feel some relief. And, and he's pointing stuff out that I don't see. I'm thinking this is just this casual little thing. He's like, whoa, whoa let's go back there. You do notice that um, there's a lot more manipulation going on here than you think. Okay. I'm open. I'm willing. We talk. We grow. We move on. We continue to go. He's taking notes. He's writing down some character defects that keep popping up. He's also writing down some names in case we forget about them in case for that next step coming up. Because don't forget, we don't burn four steps after our fifth step because this is necessary for steps what? Eight and nine. This is a private matter. Don't be sharing your fifth step with your guys. You know, this is what mine looked like and yours should look like this. No, theirs is going to look completely different. This is a personal thing. By the way, my sponsor also said, I don't even have to show him this, you know. This is my recovery. It's not him who's going to grade. This isn't good enough. You go back and do more. This is, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to do. You know, what the effort I put into it is the effort I put into it. You can't force somebody to do this. So we go through the, you know, the, the resentments, and I'm just feeling free, and I'm feeling more God. And between every, you know, we're oftentimes just taking moments to pray. He's got me praying. You know, if there's a major resentment, and he says, are you ready to move on from this? I said, yeah. Seriously, I am. He said, well, let's pray. It's like, God, thank you for freeing me from this resentment, allowing me to move on. And we're processing each of the resentments. Sometimes we had to, you know, I got a little crazy. It was a bunch of them had to be in groups, so we'd process those in a group format, you know. And I'm just feeling relief. I'm feeling a connection to God again, you know. It's just... I'm thinking this is going to be the most horrible thing I've ever done in my life, you know? I'm thinking this is just, how am I going to be able to look at myself in the mirror in this stuff, you know? But it's not. It's the exact opposite, you know? There's that part in the into action where it talks about, you know, the fifth step promises. And hopefully I can find that really quick. You know, why am I doing this? What's the whole purpose of this, you know? Once we have taken the step with holding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. I mean, I can walk down any sidewalk, hand held high, feeling confident because I am right with God. That's what was doing me. My spiritual malady is starting to what? Get healed. I'm able to grow and move on. I'm feeling comfort. You know, this is just like... We began to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have certain spiritual beliefs, but we now begun to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. 
I am so blessed that I had this sponsor who knew what he was doing, you know? Imagine you don't live in a town where you have sponsors, you know? Think of what it was like back in those old days, you know? You had to go search somebody out to do your fist step, and they didn't have the faintest idea why you're doing it, so you had to sort of like lead them up. You know, Bill's got this great stuff into, into action. I just want to jump in there really quick, because what good is talking about the fist step if I don't like read from the book a little bit, because there's some great stuff in there. The whole idea of being honest with somebody is for the first time in my life. Having made a personal inventory, what should we do about it? Well, we've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relation with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. This concept that if I don't do the step, guess what? I'm going to die offers me to become a little bit more humble than I've ever been in my life, you know. And when I start being a little bit more humble, it starts to grow upon itself. And this relationship I have with God, you know, it starts to grow and get better. We have admitted certain defects which have sustained in a rough way or troubled as we put our finger on the weak items of our inventory. You know, I came before I even sat down and started doing this inventory fifth step with my sponsor. I'm already feeling light. I'm feeling better about myself because I've processed a lot of those resentments. And boy, I'm not a victim, you know. Well, I was a victim, but I, but I, but I wasn't, you know. I thought the world was out to get me. I thought I, I thought this was my, my do. I'm just going to be, you know, taunted for the rest of my life. And it's like, no, look at the stuff you did to get the ball rolling. It's like, wow. Now, I can, with the help of God and a sponsor that keeps me on beam, you know, keeping me doing that kind of stuff, I don't have to go down that road anymore. So I'm working that life's going to get better, you know. The fear we hear about the fourth and fifth step, well, that's from a bunch of people who've never done it, right? We got all these people saying, oh, the fifth step, that's horrible. You know, in my fifth, what was that, yeah, 1984, adolescent care, you know, I'm a room, you know, like 60, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, you know, I'm 24, and they're all just like coming up with, well, let's see, to do the fifth step, the thing that was really cool was to make up a lot of stuff. Let's try to freak the therapist out. You know, make that counselor just come out of there like, oh, my God, you know, and there's a bunch of, and I'm thinking, Okay, that's sort of, well, you know, cool. Luckily, I had that spiritual experience, so I was um, not in that camp, you know, but I did have a very unusual, awkward fifth step with a, uh, with a counselor in my halfway house that, um, that I had to do a fifth step with. You know, this is back in 84, and I'm going to see this guy and uh, not really understanding what it was, right? Remember, I did the packets. We talked about I was doing all those packets, and not really, didn't do any AA stuff. They did this quasi, the Minnesota model, you know, which, that was, was this, I guess would be great. Um, I tell you one thing, if I hadn't had that white light experience the second night there, my, my spiritual experience event, I probably would have drank the first day out of Hazleton, you know, because I was the real addict, the real alcoholic that needed to have the God thing come into me. And I wasn't really seeing much God in that. I'd seen a lot of psycho, social there was people still getting high in the rehab and getting drunk, you know? So I just, I really didn't, it was just what they were drinking. You know, it's funny. They were drinking stuff that they shouldn't be drinking. And, um, I had this white light experience. I'm just like, you know, captain recovery and stuff like that. And I'm just, the other stuff is, it just bounces off me. So I, I'm supposed to be doing this fist step, you know, and I don't even know what the fist step is really. And we sit down and he starts looking through my packet. You know, he gets like, woo, and he's looking really, uh, 
And he's talking about some weird stuff he used to do, trying to make me comfortable about my stuff. And it's like, dude, that stuff is so weird. You just, I am so not comfortable anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm sure what that guy told me, he's thinking to himself, why did I just tell him that I should not have told him that, you know? Because what am I? <laughs> this untreated alcoholic in his eyes. And he just told me something really embarrassing, thinking that I would start to say things that are really embarrassing. But I had this fist step that I really didn't know what a fist step was because I had filled out this packet that I didn't fill out because they had given me a intern to dictate my stuff. So I'm, my first round with the fifth step was just, are you, are you serious? Um, I hear people that have their sponsors, you know, write your entire life story. Just write your life from when you remember. Yeah, I'm sure that's very entertaining for the sponsor to sit back and listen to. But where does that have anything to do with our character defects, our shortcomings? Where is the inventory? Where is it holding ourselves accountable? It's just an emotional blah. The fifth step is not supposed to be confessional. The fifth step is not supposed to be a confessional. It has a confessional to it. There's some cathartic of sharing with another person. But the reason we're sharing with another person is that we be held accountable. You know, we're untreated and we're still thinking in that mindset of minimizing, rationalizing, and blaming and you get this little guy love him ross pointing across me saying no 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 this is what i see and i'm going like mm, ow thank you for that buddy but i needed that you know i had come off the four step just ah, oh, feeling great but there were still parts of me that were not able to look at things honestly because that's the way we were wired you know that's going to come up next week when we talk about the other steps. But right now, I'm just bearing my soul to this guy. So why am I doing this? We have ascertained in a certain way defects. We have ascertained in a rough the way our trouble is. We put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now, these are to be cast out. If you've ever been fishing and you take your little fishing pole and you hang it over the edge of the dock, right? And you just push the button, bloop and the ball, the little bobber drops straight down, bloop. Okay, that's not casting. That's just like a cast is where you take your fishing pole and you just whip it, you know? So these character defects, these things that are bothering me, in the fifth step process, they're going to be cast away so they're no longer a problem for me. You know, that's the promise of this. This brings us to the fifth step the program recovered mentioned in this chapter. You know, this 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 book is setting me up for this so well. You know, and I do my fist step with these guys and I'm taking them through the book. We're still reading the book. You know, we're on page 72 and we're, we've got the little packet sitting over there. They're sitting down. We've, we've done our 15 minutes or 20 minutes of meditation. We've done our prayer, but we're going to let, oh, I've got this written on the top of my book, by the way. We're all bastards and God loves us anyways. <laughs> what a great way to jump into the fifth step, right? It's, it's just, yeah. Um, this is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There's little doubt about that. Here's this green thing. In actual practice, we usually find a self-appraisal insufficient because of those magic words, minimize, rationalize, and justify. Well, we've got somebody over there whose job is to take my inventory. Yeah, I, I had this. Everybody who's like uh, anybody who likes anybody who's good at taking other people's inventories, like raise your hand, room full of hands, oh, they all go up, you know. It's like, yeah. Well, guess what? A fist step allows us to take other people's inventory, but this is from a um, 
a loving, God-centered place, you know, so we can honestly, because who knows a con better than us, right? Who knows a scam better than us? Um, so we're, 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 we're tasked to do that. Many thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another alcoholic when we see good reasons why we should do so. The first reasons first. Pay attention to this. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. What, what did you just say? If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Okay, this is the whole purpose of this program is to get a relationship with God so we can overcome the drinking. This is, I think, one of the last times actually the word drinking is brought up, you know, maybe later on the 10 step. But this is a God-inspired program, and that's a life-changing event to get us closer to God. So if the stuff that's blocking us from God is the stuff we found in the fourth step, the stuff that we're going to deal with in the fifth step, this is not any time to shrink. This is to charge forward which is why my sponsor and I hold my guys to a week. Do your four-step. We meet for a week, and we get right into it. Time after time, newcomers have tried to hold to themselves certain facts about their lives, trying to hold this humbling experience. They have turned to easier methods. Yeah, and invariably they get drunk. We think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. Yeah, that one thing that's going to go to my grave, that's going to take me out, that's going to keep me drinking, I'm not going to share with my chase. Better, because I've been through nine rehabs, cirrhosis of the liver. I'm going to be homeless if they do this one more time. Yep. So we have this prayer. We have this relationship with God. So when we go into this fifth step, there's comfort, there's peace, there's a relationship. I just didn't meet this guy a couple weeks ago, and now we've been working with each other. There's a relationship that's being built. So here's, here's what they can do wrong. They took inventory, all right, but they hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty. Wow. That's the change that we're coming from. That's what I'm getting from the fourth step. That's what I got from the third step. Did I give God everything? Am I 100% into this? Do I trust this man I'm sitting across from? Yes, I do. In this sense, we find it necessary until someone has told all their life story. I don't sit back and just wait. You know, there's some times where I pick, what's, let's get in depth. What's, this, what's really going on here and stuff like that. Here's the problem. We're all walking around with these masks. Who do we want people to think we are? You know? we're, we're the king of bait and switch, right? This is what dating, right? Ugh, I love dating, right? No. We just lie for the first few dates, and then they finally find out who we are. And then we wonder why they stopped dating us, you know? Well, we're doing that in our day-to-day life without even knowing that. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. To the other world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but he knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. I'm walking around with this scam, with this lie, and it's eating me away because my friends know different people. I get them in the same room, and I get uncomfortable. The lies are going to not match. I was like, oh, God. I need to find out what's happening. But see, see, here's the deal. I'm lying without knowing it. I'm cheating without knowing it. This has just become a way of my life. And this fifth step is going to allow me to finally get honest and see what kind of dude I am. These inconsistencies are made worse by the things I do when I'm drunk. Whoa. Coming to my senses, I'm revolted at certain episodes I vaguely remember. These memories are a nightmare. Oh, my God. If somebody finds out about these things, well, guess what? I'm going to talk to him about my sponsor, and he's going to say I did similar Something similar, something worse, something, you know. We're people. 
we're all bastards and God loves us anyways. Don't forget that. It's called grace. I tremble to think someone might have observed me. I'm under constant fear and tension. That makes me more drinking. Dude, you drink too if you did what I did. You drink too if I'm living. Look at my life. Look at the stress. I have to drink. There's no way I cannot deal with it. We have to change everything. But here I got this opportunity. I got this opportunity to sit in front of this guy and be honest and tell everything, right? Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We have known but a few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Am I going to follow that path that's been leading me into rehabs and detoxes forever? No, I need to stop and change that. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we are honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have found low opinions of alcoholics and our chances of recovery. Pay attention. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we are to live long or happily in this world. We're going to live long. You know, one thing about alcoholism, God doesn't, God does a pretty good job of, of keeping us alive for a long time, you know, keeping us miserable and stuff like that, right? You want to live happy. That's the key. We see it in rooms all the time, you know, the cranky, the angry, the bitter, the dry, you know, these dry, bitter drunks are just so unhappy. They've never completed their program. They've never completed the steps. They're just, or they think they did, or they, they talk about them. They do that other book type stuff, you know, but you got to get this fifth step taken care of and done correctly. Otherwise, you're just going to wish you were dead. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person. So who are we going to take this intimate and confidential step? We said this earlier. It's like, dude, we're, we're so spoiled. You know, in Fort Lauderdale, there's a lot of competent people. And there's a lot of incompetent people, too. You know, those of us belonging to religious denominations which require confession must and, of course, will want to get the properly appointed authority to receive it. Do they know why you're doing it? Or is this just a normal confession? Do you tell them exactly why you're getting into it? Though we have no religious connection, we still find well to talk with somebody ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. But then again, sometimes they don't. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics, you know. Me sitting in the room having a conversation with my guy, you know, this one-on-one that we have, this relationship that we've built, this is not something that's just got to do. You know, this is an opportunity for me to do and grow with God. I just, I I look forward to the fifth step, you know, and I I look forward. And when I work with my guys, I I, I try to make this as comfortable for them as possible because it's going to be uncomfortable when we start talking, you know. We do it in privacy. We we set up a room that's quiet, you know. This isn't to be done um, in a in a restaurant between you know mouthfuls of food. That's that's let's give this this program and this in this particular step the respect and dignity it deserves. Yeah. You know, if, if anywhere that you can have pi- privacy and quiet, you know. I know guys that like to do it in parks. There's a little park with these benches that's no, no distraction. And they can sit and they can pay attention. Heard of guys, you know, that love to do it in the park, you know, in pickup trucks looking and watching the sun come down. As long as you have some privacy and some some respect to this, you know, go for it. You know, this is, and this doesn't have to be like a 15-hour event. You know, you can knock these things out in two hours. It's up to you. You know, the fact of the matter is we're just concerned about the last column. I've got time. I like to, I like to work these guys out and work these, these things so they can really learn a lot more about it. You know, is, is, is my eight-hour eight fifth steps as good as my two-hour fifth steps? Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I let God do the timing. I let, I let it has a natural rhythm to him. Sometimes we like pick it up and move on, and other times it's like we got to like 
do a little bit more prayer. Spend some more quiet time with God. You know, we're doing prayer and meditation between these things. You know, this is just like run it out. There's th- there's three people in this room. Well, God and two people. You know, it's just not me and them. God's involved in every aspect of this. We're prayer between columns, prayer between discussions, meditation. You know, taking a cigarette break between packets. You know, this is this is not supposed to be torture because it's. It's it's uncomfortable enough, you know, but we just sort of have to get through this. So here's the problem. We have no right to save our skin at another person's expense. So if you don't have um, a sponsor or somebody nearby that you can do this with, you know, one of the things, it might be a family member. We're just like adamant, no, no family member. You know, if you've got some abuse of some type by another family member and you're like trying to do a fist up with another family member who doesn't know about this stuff and they're and they're sworn to on to honor the secrecy of this you, you just you just gave somebody else something terrible they have to live with them you know it says here such parts of a story we tell to somebody who will understand yet be unaffected the rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others you know this this Picking somebody is really important, and I, I like the fact that you know in our family it's a sponsor sponsee type thing, and and it's a relationship that we've taken time to build. So, notwithstanding the great necessity of discussing ourselves with someone, it may be one is so suitable that no person is available. You know, I've had this one time where I had to go on, on a vacation, and, and I had to schedule everything around that sponsees and stuff so I could do this fist step before I went on the vacation. It was a, it was a, a crunch and stuff like that, but I felt it necessary to be leaving them in solution and not having them walking around with a four-step, you know, not walking around with that stuff that might explode and bubble up. We had to get them started into the, you know, to the rest of the step process. So here's, here's this. Says, if it's so, the step may be postponed, but only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through it at the first opportunity. Ouch. Don't hold it unless it's, if you have no choice, get it done as quickly as you can. We say it's because we're anxious that we talk to the right person. This is, this is, I like this. It's important that he be able to keep a confidence, that he fully understand and approve of what we're driving at. He will not try to change our plan. We must not use this as a mere excuse to postpone. The fact that men trust me today in a fifth step is something that I never would have imagined. The fact that God works through me and doing fist steps is something I never would have imagined. You know, we talk about this change that's happened over us, this stuff that's happened to us, and this whole process, this, this getting God into my life and doing God's work is, is, is revolution. My revolutionized my whole conception of life, my whole purpose. I'm just, I just, I'm just walking and with pure joy over this. When you decide who is to hear our inventory, we waste no time. So here's the deal. We've written inventory and we're prepared for a long talk. Two hours, three hours, four hours, I book the whole time. I, I don't give people, I, it's like, if I don't have uh, at least eight hours, I, I reschedule. Is it going to be eight hours? No. Maybe. Possibly. We'll see, you know. I'm not going to halfway and, and stop. You know, this is a fluid process. You know, this is sacrifice. And other people do it differently. This is the way that our family does it. We just knock off the time and we take care of it, you know. We have a written inventory and prepared for a long talk. We, we explain to our partner what we're going to do when we have to do it. I'd have my guys do that. I'd say, so why are we doing this? You know, I know why, but it's like maybe this 
telling me why is going to help them be a little bit more honest, you know, help them to get them prepared with prayer and meditation. Now, why, why are we doing this? Tell me why. Imagine I, you don't know why I'm doing this or why I'm doing this. Tell me. I should realize that we are engaged in a life and death errand. You should realize that you're on a life and death errand. I realize that I'm on a life and death errand. This is not to be taken lightly. This is major stuff here. This is alcoholism. This is drug addiction. People die. We had a big actor just die because he stopped doing what he should have done. Most people approaching this way will be glad to help. We will be honored with our confidence. So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with this guy, and, and I'm talking with my guys, and we're going through the packets. We're going through the resentments packets, and I'm seeing the little lights get brighter. I'm seeing the glow. You know, we're processing stuff. I'm writing notes. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them what I see. They're like, oh, whoa. And I'm going like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, thanks, not really. And they're learning, and we're growing. And we get through the resentments, and, you know, we, we jump in, and we start doing the fears and the fears, some of them are just like, are you serious? And we giggle at it. And some of them are like, yeah, I'd have that fear too. And we talk about them. It's like, you know, fears are nothing more than not trusting God. Resentments are just not trusting God. We use that analogy of the salmon fighting the stream, you know. Sobriety life is stop fighting the stream and just swim along with it, you know. So we're we're going through it. We're, we're talking. We do the, the sex inventory, which is really, <laughs> they write so little, you know. And, and resentments, the words are big and fears are just medium. But when they get into the resentments, you look and you take a peek over and you see this little itty bitty teeny white. And it's like we talk and it's not the act. There's no reason to blush. There's no reason to be uncomfortable. It's like we lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, take advantage of people, use people. That's what we're looking for. You know, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty. This isn't voyeurism. This is just a, fa a fact finding mission to find out what kind of guy's been showing up every time. So we've got this opportunity. We start talking about what, how should you behave in that? What would have been the proper way if you're walking with God? And matter of fact, let's say that that person you just did this to, you know, they're a child of God too. So you basically just sort of did that to God, didn't you? And they're like, wow, you know, gives us an opportunity to talk freely and openly and honestly what's been going on in their sex areas, you know. And we're saying I'm, it's not my job to moralize or lecture, but this is between you and God. You and God are going to have to decide what's right and wrong in this relation, upcoming relationships. Which is, I don't know, good or bad. You know, if, if I was to be the one holding you accountable in your sex future, I'm, I might be a little lenient here and there. Uh, God pretty much sticks to the four absolutes. So we'll see how that works out, right? Absolute honesty. Absolute purity. Absolute love. Absolute unselfishness. Going to be fun, you know? And then we get into harms to others. People just walked into our lives. We had no, no reason for them other than to just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's no resentment against them. There's no sex against them. There's no fear against them. Well, maybe, I guess there's fear. There's fear in everything. Um, we steal from random people because we're fear of getting, you know, if I don't pay my bills, my power gets shut off. If I don't pay my bills, I can't buy my booze. If I don't pay, if I don't steal this, I won't get my fix, you know. We just screw people over sometimes and we get through that and we spend a lot of time just talking and owing and, and owning up and, and finding out what's discussing and you know, what we should have done instead. And this is there's so much. This whole thing of just two guys sitting there honestly figuring out what's going on and having God with us and this just this area of honesty and compassion and truth and it's just overwhelming to to experience this is just 
and this isn't the end of it, you know? So what we do before we start the fist up, the, I should have said before we start the fist up, I got, I got this thing of Kleenex up on the shelf, you know? And I say to him, just as we're about ready to close the book and get into the fist, I said, do me a favor, go over there and get that box of Kleenex. I might cry. And while you're up there, put your book up on the shelf, you know? And uh, they do that. We come back and we bring out the packet. Um, when we're done with the fifth step, we're going to get into that next week. But the, the way that we handle it in our family is um, is magical. It's um, it's it's continuation of the process. It, it keeps the the, fee, the it, it's you're going to just I think you guys are going to like it. It's it's a fun way to deal with it. Um, next week we're going to tap over uh, the fifth step a little bit and get us into step six. Um, which is um, where God does his magic, you know, where me and God come to an agreement, and that's sort of cool. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my experience on the fifth step tonight. Um, if you have a different experience, um, let's talk about it. Let's let's share because this is all about growing. I, 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 I hope that I'm keeping my fifth step as true to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous as I can. Um, because this is what was in the divinely inspired, and I, um, I thank you. Godspeed.